We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Rodney is joined by filmmaker Rob Motts, whose new documentary, The Broken Boys of Kenosha, is available right now. The latest episode of We the People will start right after this quick commercial break. Jake from State Farm, I really want that personal price plan. So I'll admit it, I'm a bath bomb guy. Dude, you do not need to get that personal. The State Farm personal price plan simply helps you create an affordable price just for you. For real? Who's ready for their jazz bath? No? (laughs) Who is that guy? Jazz bath? Call or click to get a quote today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now it's time for We the People. Here's Rodney. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Rodney, your host of the We the People podcast. And tonight we've got a great guest for you. His name is Rob Montz. He has an online documentary called The Broken Boys of Kenosha. And he is also the co-founder and CEO of Good Kid Productions, uh, Rob, thank you for being on We the People tonight. Uh, so let's let's uh, hear about that documentary. Yeah, so the doc we're talking about, everybody can watch for free on our YouTube channel at GoodKidProductions.com. There are a there are a couple little friction points that limit the ability of of people to gain access to it that we can get into that have been imposed by our uh, benevolent Silicon Valley tech overlords. But it's still available for free uh, to watch in full. I think it doesn't take very long to figure out what might have upset um, what might have upset the golden (laughs) gods of Google (laughs) in the doc. (laughs) So I mean, you know, given the nature of modern media, it's very rare for anybody to go back and kind of do basic journalism when it comes to trying to see was the story that was manufactured around a hyper viral news incident. Did it, how much did that story match the on the ground reality? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Typically things pop up, they get digested, they get packaged into sort of neat partisan narratives. They get fed to people's, you know, partisan audiences in order to titillate them. Right. And then the second that people lose interest, they just move on to the next thing. Exactly. So Kenosha, Wisconsin has this very rare distinction of in the summer of 2020, it birthed two mega viral news items in the matter of just 72 hours. The first one was the shooting of a black man on the north side of Kenosha, a guy by the name of Jacob Blake. Um, This is maybe within 10 days of George Floyd getting killed by a police officer. Mm -hmm. That incident is uploaded, like a seven-minute clip of it's uploaded, captured on a smartphone, of course, on social media, instantly goes viral. Oh, yeah. And in lockstep, Every corporate media establishment institution propagates the line that what we're witnessing in Kenosha with Jacob Blake is George Floyd 2.0, another incident of vicious, violent institutional racism. 
Right. That narrative, it turns out, is pure propaganda and basically bears no resemblance to reality. We can get into that in a little bit. That's the first half of the documentary. It's about okay. exactly how we, the American people were lied to by basically every establishment media operation from CNN to MSNBC to Good Morning America to CBS, right? That narrative inspires something like five to 6,000 activists slash violent rioters to descend on Kenosha. And for three nights, they proceed to incinerate huge chunks of the town. <laughs> yeah, In the exactly. name of social justice. And I can, I can report having gone to Kenosha this, just you know, in the last couple of months, the bulk of that damage was done to Kenosha's historically black business district. So again, mm -hmm. how exactly the incineration of black owned businesses advances the cause of anti-racism is not clear to me, but I don't know. I, I, I maybe I just it's, need to get a couple more master's it, degrees in comparative literature to really understand. Yeah, that. it's not clear to me either and never was. It didn't make any sense at all. But then on the third night of rioting in Kenosha, Kyle Rittenhouse, who mm -hmm. lives 20 minutes away, but it knows Kenosha, drives to Kenosha, picks up an AR-15 in a medic bag to go and defend a private uh, used car lot. Mm -hmm. And then that night, he ends up shooting three people and killing two of them. And the first half of the documentary is a careful dissection anchored primarily in an interview that we did with former Attorney General Bill Barr about how the narrative around Jacob Blake is not just wrong. I've taken to calling it like anti-truth because literally what the, the, the story that was fed to people would lead them to draw the exact wrong conclusions. Not just wrong, but like literally doing the opposite of what would be of what would be necessary to prevent what happened in Kenosha from happening again. But then the second half is we discovered a trauma, a generational trauma that connects Kyle Rittenhouse, Jacob Blake, and two other key figures in the Kenosha tragedy. A trauma okay. that basically got missed by all the billion dollar corporate media establishments and, and a trauma that doesn't have a neat partisan, you know, a value to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the doc is about. Sounds good. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that whole thing was, uh, I never believed the narrative from the word go for me personally, um, because I, I just figured this is too, this is, this is too easy. It's too neatly packaged it's you know it's all tidy and and all of that kind of thing so i never really bought into it as far as and then from what i was watching you know the mostly peaceful protests where they're burning down major parts of cities and it's like man this this the narrative that they're putting on the media out in the media is just so wrong yeah, I mean, it's we kind of go through there essentially were I'm not saying there was a coordinated conspiracy among every major media corporation to feed the same seven lies to the American people. I'm not saying that this is not the Alex <laughs> Jones Infowar program. I promise I'm not saying that. But when you hear the same seven lies repeated by everybody, it starts to make you think like, did it was everybody on the same Slack channel and coordinating exactly how they would actively mislead the American people. Well, just again, the most one of the most important ones is that um, Jacob Blake was apparently unarmed. And we now know from Wisconsin Justice Department investigations that
he was not unarmed. He actually had an open seven-inch blade in his right hand. Mm-hmm. And we also know, again, over and over again, it got repeated that Jacob Blake was shot in the back seven times. And this right. is, again, it's something you could hear from Kamala Harris, LeBron James, yep. Joe Biden at the time. Everybody oh, yeah. was repeating this line. Yep. And it's since come out that he actually was not shot in the back seven times. He was shot in the back four times, which is not a pedantic point because the other three bullets went into his left flank, which indicated at the time that he was shot, he'd been swinging back around to jab at the police officer with the open knife in his right hand. Right. Right. And it was, it's just a, um, it's a shockingly absurd situation in which a very particular narrative can be fed to the American people that leads to wanton mass destruction of an otherwise perfectly pleasant town like Kenosha. Right. And that nobody is held accountable for actively lying and misleading people, you know? Yep. So the hope is that to a certain extent, this documentary can serve as a, you know, a means of holding accountable people that, you know, (laughs) that really failed to do their job. Yeah. Yeah. Failed miserably, as a matter of fact, because that's, that is something that we never heard on the news coverage of this shooting. We never heard that there were, you know, he would, he had been turning, he had done that. We never heard about that. That was completely left out. It was, um, yeah. I mean, another big one is that we heard over and over again, again, from the highest realms of power in this country, that the police officer had put Jacob Blake's children at risk. Okay. Because Jacob Blake, at the time that he shot, he's walking away from the police officer to open the, the, the door of a van and get in a car. And we find out later on that his, he has two of his four biological children are in the backseat of that car. And the whole idea was, oh, this is just repul- This is insane that a police officer would wantonly spray bullets so close to these innocent black boys, right? Right. Turns out. That's not Jacob Blake's car. Right before the police arrive, the thing that prompts the police to arrive is that Jacob Blake had been invited to the birthday party of one of the sons he has with a woman by the name of Laquisha Booker. They don't date, they're alienated, but they have a couple kids. And he's invited to come to the birthday party. They get into a fight. He snatches her keys. He snatches her boys and stuffs them into the car and appears to be about to drive off with them. That's what prompts her to call the police. And when the police arrive, she's screaming at them. He has my keys. He has my car. My kids are in the car and he won't give me back my keys. So the police officers are under the impression that this guy is about to jump in the car and kidnap these kids, right? right? Who are, he does not have custody of. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason that they act so quickly to neutralize him with bullet shots, right? So a a viral news item that was sold to the American people as an act of wanton institutional racism was actually a white police officer preventing the kidnapping of three black boys. That's what I mean by anti-truth, right? That's what I mean by, uh, by this narrative would 
lead one to draw the exact wrong conclusions from what right. just went down on their smartphone. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other examples like that where we kind of pick apart piece by piece all the lies and sort of propagandistic narratives that emerged around the shooting. Yeah, that's crazy because, again, that's part of the story you never, you don't hear. And, uh, in fact, you didn't hear it at all, but you certainly heard, like you said, uh, Kamala Harris trumpeting and, you know, blowing her horn and Biden and everybody else and all the, you know, all the media people, you know, spewing the same same line of baloney. That's that's right. That's right. And, you know, so we uh, and part of the reason that we go, we do this thing of sort of incinerating the lie is to get down to the actual lesson that ought, ought to have been learned from Kenosha. And I mean, the way that we start, I don't want to spoil everything for the audience. Again, if they're right. interested in watching this documentary, they can go watch it for free on the Good Kid Productions YouTube channel, just Good Kid Productions, is that one in three American boys is now raised without a dad which is the highest rate of fatherlessness in the world. We're actually tied with the United Kingdom. That's crazy. And I do not think that it is a coincidence that included within that category of fatherless boys is Jacob Blake, Kyle Rittenhouse, and both of the people that Kyle Rittenhouse killed. Yeah. And what we know, there's emergent science and sociological evidence indicating that if you are raised without a dad as a, as a, as a boy, the likelihood that your life would, will spiral off into violent chaos jumps dramatically. And what overtook Kenosha, Wisconsin in the summer of 2020? Violent chaos. Yeah. And it's a story that gets missed if people are so wedded to these, you know, clean partisan narratives about white supremacy or police violence or black lives matter, you know, yep. neo-Marxist idiocy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also in that, like you, you brought up Kyle Rittenhouse, he was, uh, I mean, they had, they were, they had him convicted of cold blooded murder in the media. Um, that, you know, if it wasn't for that video that somebody took showing him getting attacked, I mean, he would have gone down hardcore. Yeah. And so we do, to a certain extent, we do complicate some of the standard issue Kyle Rittenhouse martyrdom narrative. Again, it's not in an idiot libtard MSNBC way. <laughs> Where, <laughs> Thank goodness. From what, from what I can tell, he's actually a really, a, a, a lot of his motivations for coming there to Kenosha were laudable. He seems like a good, enthusiastic kid. Mm-hmm. But I think there was an overcorrection to the lies of the left on, on the right-leaning media where they'd just been so thoroughly lied to about Kenosha that they kind of dug into a different position with Rittenhouse, which was, if you say anything other than this guy is a beautiful Second Amendment martyr who's a noble warrior for you know traditional American values, anything less than that makes you a traitor and a witch and an apostate. Right. And I don't think that's true either. I think it's a, a very similar religious fixation that ends up blinding people to the on the ground reality. And the way that I put it now to particularly like consider conservative, you know, podcast or talk show hosts, which is, okay, fine. 
Kyle Rittenhouse is your son. It's the summer of 2020. And that night, he comes to you and he says to you, Dad, I want to go pick up my AR-15 and wander into a war zone. What would you say if you were his dad? I'd say you're I, nuts I, and I, it's not going to happen. I don't think you'd pat him on the back. No. That doesn't mean that there wasn't a catastrophic failure of political leadership in Kenosha to properly protect private property. There right. absolutely was. Sure. That doesn't mean that there weren't extreme economic harms done to Kenosha because of the lies of coastal elite corporate media. There were. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a reason you don't send a 17-year-old into a war zone. Not because he's a bad guy, not because he's a white supremacist, not because he's trigger happy, which Kyle Rittenhouse was not. It's because he's 17 years old and he's not psychologically well equipped to handle a situation like that. And sure enough, that was something that was noticed by the other kind of private militia people in Kenosha. Ryan Bolsch, the guy who organized that group, testified in trial that he immediately noticed that Kyle seemed green and a novice and underprepared and a little bit immature for that situation, given how heavy things were. And that right. he had made, and that Ryan Balsh early in the evening had committed himself to staying on Kyle's hip to protect him from all this predation around him. Right. And we now know from all the ample kind of video evidence, uh, Rittenhouse gets detached from Ryan Balsh and literally within a matter of minutes is when the shooting starts. So exactly what Balsh had feared is happens. what happens. Not yeah. because Balsh thinks that Rittenhouse is a bad guy, but because he's like, he's 17 years old. He's not well equipped for this. And there are a lot of gangster dudes out here that will take advantage of someone who appears to be innocent and unexperienced. And that's exactly what happened. Right? Yeah, so. and that, exactly. You are absolutely correct. That yeah. is exactly what happened. And it's just like, you know, you said, uh, there's no way as a dad, which I am, I have two sons and two daughters. There was no, there is no way I would have let my kid go anywhere near that. No way. Armed, unarmed. I don't care. You're not right. going, period. And that is typically, it falls to fathers to enforce, to protect sons from their own naivete. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Rittenhouse, we know his dad was an abusive alcoholic who punched his mom in the stomach when Kyle was four. They divorced shortly thereafter. And Kyle's dad is basically entirely absent from his life after that. And I found out that during the trial, Kyle has his trial, his mom was very prominently in the audience, but his dad never showed up. And his dad's only connection with the trial was leaving drunken late night voicemail messages on the answering machine of Kyle's lawyer. That's all this guy did. Wow. So this is the kind of POS we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. The kind huge. of self-absorbed, alcohol-drenched, narcissistic, abusive dick of a dad that we're talking about. And when that's the kind of dad you have, if, even if an abundance of idealism can be deadly because it will drive you to do things that you are not appropriately equipped to handle, right? You're yeah. not good at the risk assessment, not because mm -hmm. you're a bad guy, right? because you're a white supremacist but because you're 17 years old. <laughs> I know what it was right. like to be a 17 year old boy. I was a moron. I never should have oh, been yeah. allowed to do things uh, like show me, show private me property amidst yeah. mass riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin, right? Yeah, show me a 17 year old male that isn't a moron. I mean, you. good luck. 
it's part of the territory. Right. And I think it typically falls to fathers to take that raw primal energy that kind of emerges from boys yeah. mm-hmm. to go and conquer and take risks and seek adventure and figure out ways to channel it in a productive way to say like, yo, I felt what you're felt mm-hmm. and here's all the idiot mistakes I made. Don't make these mistakes. Yeah. Let's and not that do without that. that mentorship, that primal energy can, it can lead to real destruction. It can really to, to really bad decisions. Yeah. And, I think we're, we're right now in America in 2023, we're getting to witness what happens when one out of every three boys is raised without that wisdom and guidance and paternal corrective. And so far, the uh, the consequences of this mass experiment have not been great. No. <laughs> it's not been great. It's a lot of despair and it's a lot of violent chaos for boys who continue to fall behind girls on every every conceivable metric of oh yeah social no advancement, right so that's that's part of what we try to get try to get into as well in the documentary yeah fatherlessness in this nation is epidemic i mean epidemic i mean it's just it's insanity that see to me i well i'm but i'm a little bit different generation but for me even if i wasn't and you know I divorced from my kid's mother, you know, we were divorced, but that didn't mean I deserted my children. You know, now it's like people find out about girls pregnant or whatever, and they bounce and there's no financial support. There's no even being a part-time dad. There's just no dad period. Right. Right. And that has just, that leads to profound spiritual wreckage. Like there are consequences to that kind of behavior. And it's happening at an unprecedented level in this country. It barely gets discussed because the kind of standard mm-hmm. issue woke narrative about America is that it's a toxic male patriarchy, right? You yep. can't talk about boys as victims. <laughs> oh, boys no, no, as no. people that are suffering or that are being failed by at every level of society. Yeah. It never gets discussed. And it's but like in all the metrics in terms of, you know, suicide and addiction and dropping out of the labor market and not marrying themselves, not starting families. Like there's a lot of these metrics that just indicate things are going in a, in a pretty, a pretty desperate direction. Yeah. And I'm not saying I had the solutions. I, de- <laughs> I definitely don't. I think to a certain extent, they're, part of the reason people are reluctant to talk about it because there is no neat policy solution to this. There isn't Yeah. like no level of tax credits or soaring state of the union addresses is going to, do what just having a dedicated dad is going to do. It's kind of an individual micro spiritual challenge to fathers to step up. And you need that in mass to correct for this, you know, this trend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why, and people want to, you know, there's a lot of people nowadays that want to, um, you know, say that, oh, the nuclear family isn't necessary, it's it's overrated, it's this, it's that, it's blah, blah, blah. Well, I think we're living with the proof that it's not overrated and that it is important uh, for people, for kids, all kids, to have a mom and a dad, you know, in their lives for stability's sake, for direction's sake, all of those kind of things. And like you said, we are now living with a, an epidemic of fatherlessness that is having major consequences. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, people should check out the documentary. (laughs) 
yeah, that's uh, we get into this and more uh, on it, and it's uh, they can just check it out on our YouTube channel. And there's a lot of other angles to it that we haven't gotten into yet. You know, we're just trying to whet people's right. appetite with this. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and yeah, definitely uh, want people to go. You know, go check out the Broken Voice of Kenosha. Um, what other what other kinds of things, if they were looking, would they find on your Good Kids Productions? Yeah, we do a lot of documentaries. I mean, the essential thesis of the company is that we pair high-end Netflix quality production. So in terms mm -hmm. of just, you know, the cameras and, you know, color and editing, it's the highest possible level of craftsmanship. But it's tackling issues that, you know, standard Hollywood entrenched media companies would never tackle. Right. And it's and it's attacking certain ideas that tend to be quite popular in New York City and Los Angeles, right? <laughs> but kind of the, the the elite level of craftsmanship, but in the, but on this whole bevy of stories and ideas that just virtually go untouched yeah. by the establishment players. Right. And so we have a bunch of documentaries up there related to cancellations in higher education, um, Ulysses Grant, uh, Kanye West. Uh, uh, we have stuff on maybe some contrarian takes on some of the COVID policies put forth by the federal government. I'd imagine that would be of interest to your audience. <laughs> yeah, probably and would be. Also kind of the imposition of the kind of woke imperialism in Silicon Valley. So things like that. If And if people are intrigued by that idea of the coupling of this kind of contrarian conservative politics, but with elite level production and storytelling, that's what Good Kid Productions is all about. Well, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to check it out myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and we've and a lot of those things. You know, we've had podcasts about, you know, the COVID thing, and um, a lot of the things about you know the, the athletes dropping dead at a record rate for no apparent no apparent reason. Air quotes being used, and uh, you know, having heart failure for just no apparent reason. But uh, we've covered all those kinds of things, too. But, uh, yeah, I like the fact that you're doing it in a production kind of level like you're doing it and uh, that those things are available for people. I love that. We're doing our best. YouTube is occasionally putting a damper on our dreams, but everything is still readily available for people to check out. They might have to click a couple buttons to ensure ensure the Google overlords that they're above 18, but everything's, uh, <laughs> yeah. everything's readily available. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta please the Google overlords, or or there's problems. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, Rob, I want to thank you for your time tonight. This has been good. Give us some insight and uh, whet the appetite for people to go uh, watch the Broken Boys of Kenosha and other things that you have on uh, on Good Kid Productions on YouTube. So, man, thank you for for they thank you for investigating first of all for having the wherewithal and the you know, the courage that it takes to go in, dig into something like that and uh, go against the quote, uh, the narrative that's put out by the mainstream media most of the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for the support. And again, yeah, people can just check it out at the Good Kid Productions YouTube channel or on goodkidproductions.com. They can find that and everything else that we've made. Awesome. All right, Rob, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time tonight. And for we, the people, and for me, Rodney, your host, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. And go check out Good Kid Productions. 
the Broken Boys of Kenosha and other other videos that they've got on their other productions because it's it'll be worth your time. So thank you for that tonight and uh, signing out. God bless. Thanks, man.